0: He's back! Brandon Lewis here with the TenCon Big 7 Weekend Update. Terrorizing rhinos and Democrats all over Tennessee as we bring you the truth that you will not get from the left-leaning corporate media. I'm glad to be here. We're going to bring you seven big stories that pertain to DCS discriminating against conservative Christians, the right of remonstrance, which is your right to be able to address the General Assembly that has gone into the uh, proverbial dustbin of history, Uh, your opportunity uh, to learn how to run for political office and secure a seat so that you can make a difference in Tennessee government, a special session looming, yet for whatever reason the Nashville Police Department refuses to accept resources to protect children. A man is arrested at a Franklin Pride Parade for the uh, temerity to pray using his First Amendment rights. TVA says, transparency for thee, but not for me. A Tennessee high school student sues after receiving a suspension for posting internet memes and Montgomery County Commission votes to expand First Amendment rights guaranteed in the new state law. This and much more at the 10 Con Big 7 Weekend Update. Now, I understand that there was weeping and gnashing of teeth that came about because of my departure. I was not here. Typically, I am here, but I was not here. Uh, to uh, baffle you, bamboozle you, entertain you, and inform you about the news last week. But luckily, luckily for you and luckily for me, the amazing Adelia was here, and she did a magnificent job, in fact, likely better than yours truly, Brandon Lewis. And so we are thankful for her uh, expertise and her uh, command of the podcast and or video stream. If you would, please do subscribe to us uh, on... Twitter, Gab, Getter, Truth, Me, We, and Rumble. You can follow us just by searching for Tennessee Conservative and of course hit the subscribe button on this podcast and 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 give us a five-star review. Now, we do have a new P.O. box where you can send in your commentary and your donations. And I wonder which of our tens of thousands uh, of subscribers and listeners, and which of our millions of people that we reach through social media platforms will be the first to send little old Brandon a couple of notes, and I do not know which one came first, but we're going to read them both. One moment, please. I'm back. I'm back. This is not scripted. This is live entertainment. You'll get it like this nowhere else. Here we go. Thank you for the Tennessee conservative and for all you do for liberty. You are an inspiration. I really appreciate hearing you speak at Calvary and at the Chattanooga Republican Women. Tanya. Well, thank you so much, Miss Tanya. I appreciate you mailing us at our new P.O. Box, P.O. Box 625, Signal Mountain, Tennessee, 37377. Next letter, we appreciate you, your faithfulness, integrity uh, to the Tennessee and the USA. I pray, uh, Colossians 1, 914, almost daily for you and your family. That means a lot to me, Pat. Uh, and other good things that come to mind. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pat. Uh, And thank you, thank you, thank you, John, for being so awesome. I appreciate you so much. So those are the first two letters that have come into the mailbag. Let's get on with the news. Here we go. First story. This one grinds my gears. Foster family is denied newborn over religious convictions even as state struggles to find enough homes for children. This is Tennessee government at its best, old DCS, which has just got this stellar reputation for managing uh, kids' welfare, for housing them, uh, for taking them in and giving them a good place. Yes, and here they are yet again exercising their amazing judgment uh, that has led to the commendations that they have received of excellence. Let's get into it. Despite the Tennessee Department of Children's Services struggling to find enough homes for children in their care, the agency will not place children... Under the age of 18 months with a qualified Tennessee family unless they abandoned their religious convictions regarding vaccinations. Gail Green and family were thrilled when they received a phone call from a local DCS placement specialist at the end of June asking if Gail could pick up a five-day-old baby from the hospital. According to the DCS employee, there were no family members who could care for the child and DCS was having a difficult time finding placements for newborns because most people work and need child care. Thinking that their religious exemption had waived the vaccine requirements pertaining to children under 18 months, the Greens accepted the placement and called on friends and family as they started gathering necessary items for the baby. Later that morning, Gail received another phone call from DCF Works asking if her and her family had been vaccinated for the flu and pertussis and was told that unless her entire family received the vaccines, they would not place the baby in her home, citing federal vaccine standards that they must follow. This is why you don't take federal money, because it comes with these terrible strings. I know these folks; these are people that I would trust with my own children. In fact, we attend church together. The federal money that comes into Tennessee that corrupts already corrupt agents, uh, agencies rather, like DCS, uh, that further corrupt a broken educational system and virtually everything it touches need to be worked out of Tennessee. We have got billions of dollars in surplus, and we give billions of dollars to woke corporations every year in Tennessee. We need to take that money and supplement instead these agencies that have to do these crazy things that fly in the face of religious Liberty and common sense because they have taken federal money. Back to the story. Green pointed out that the standards are clearly only recommendations as the document states that there is no federal requirement for title IVE agencies to adhere to the final uh, modal standards. And such agencies, including Tennessee's DCS, may waive license standards for relatives of children in state custody. Green said, quote, at this point, I just want to get the law changed so that more foster kids can be placed in loving homes. It is sad uh, state of affairs when DCS is more concerned about my family's vaccination status than placing a newborn baby in a safe and loving home, not to mention ignoring religious exemptions that are guaranteed by the Constitution. Completely agree. Boy, oh boy. It, you know, I, we, we ran this story that had the new uh, lady that's running DCS. Uh, looking, you know, looking very stoically at a slogan because government agencies love slogans, right? If you can't deliver results, deliver a slogan and boatloads of slogans, new slogans every year, buses with slogans painted upon them as if that will ever change anything. And she is glancing, you know, stoically at this this little hand-drawn phrase that says, children first. Oh, children first. No, pharma first, baby. It's pharma-first here in the state of Tennessee, and if you didn't pick up on that as we went through the pandemic and if, as all that stuff was shoved down our throats uh, by our elected officials and Republican leadership that was later proven to be untrue and no apologies have ever been forthcoming, uh, you will understand, and if you look at the campaign contribution reports in particular, that it is indeed in Tennessee pharma-first. Next story. Tennesseans' right of remonstrance wiped out from our collective knowledge by the state constitutional conservative seeks restoration. Constitutional conservative John A. Gentry has been fighting to restore Tennessee's right of remonstrance for several years and is now running for the Tennessee House seat in District 45, currently held by Representative Johnny Garrett. Gentry says, The heart of my work is to restore the right of remonstrance, the voice of the people in government, a solution to rampant corruption in government. The heart of my work is, uh, excuse me, going back to this part. The Tennessee Constitution reads that citizens have the right, in a peaceable manner, To instruct the representatives and to apply to those invested with the powers of government for redress of grievances or other proper purposes by... Address or remonstrance. Gentry deems this right, quote, the cornerstone of our constitutional system and says that because it has been so oppressed over time, it has been wiped from our collective knowledge. On January 2019, uh, this right was exercised for the first time since 1850 when Gentry's demand for uh, reform of Tennessee's judiciary was read aloud on the House floor. As a result of the remonstrance, the entire judge membership of the Tennessee Board of Judicial Conduct were removed from office. Quote, imagine what we could accomplish. Quote, said Gentry. Quote, with the full weight of the people in exercise of this right alongside the right to reform government to exercise sovereignty and instruct representatives. Literally, election integrity and transparency could become reality. Overnight, Gentry has been told that if he wants to orally address the General Assembly, he needs to contact Speaker of the House, Cameron Sexton. You know, he's really responsive to Tennesseans and their desires. I'm sure you will get really far with this gentleman. Uh, not at all in bed with or uh, in alignment with the left-leaning corporate interest. But firmly, firmly, Mr. Sexton, uh, always fighting for conservative causes uh, that he knows people care about, like, oh, you know, uh, closing the primaries. He's, he's really going to push for that. Term limits, uh, school choice, stopping illegal legal limit. Oh, no, he's usually typically moving in the exact opposite of that direction. So he has to, to request this. Uh, and has continuously ignored all requests uh, to schedule a time for this address. Imagine that. Gentry stated, Cameron Sexton, uh, in conspiracy with members of the Judiciary and Office of the Eternal General, are grossly and knowingly oppressing this right. We wish Mr. Gentry luck in getting this changed. All right, guys, listen. If you are thinking about running for office, and I believe you should, because you are one uh, one of a few people, Per one thousand in the state of Tennessee, that actually knows what's going on in your state and local government, by sheer uh, by by sheer listening to this podcast, I know that you have the interest, and if you've been in, if you've been listening any length of time, I also know that you have the education needed to govern much better than our current Republican leadership. So you likely should run for office, and the Conservative Candidates Academy uh, has. Paid for this endorsement uh, to help you at an event coming up on September 23rd in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where you will get the strategies, resources, and expert advice you need to win your next election. Here's the truth. Most conservative and political candidates lose when they run against corporately funded rhinos. I watched it happen far too often in the last election cycle. And their hearts are in the right place, but they do not understand how to run campaigns effectively. They lack the resources experience. During this training, you'll discover what it really takes to be a contender. We'll open your eyes to the most common mistakes made by amateur candidates and how to avoid them at the training. You'll learn about the major operational components of campaigning and how to implement them with winning strategies. Yours truly will be teaching about campaign fundraising, general strategy, how to cope with a hostile media, because they are very hostile to you. Uh, We're the only non-hostile a news organization in the state of Tennessee for conservatives. Uh, we also have Sue Zoldak, who's going to be talking about uh, digital strategy, and she is an award-winning, um, fantastic uh, participant in both uh, campaigns and uh, special issue referendums. We're going to have Eric Weider talk about canvassing and how you can have a huge impact with a small budget. We're going to have Taylor Bloom, who's going to come from I-360 and talk about voter data and also how to manage that data. And how to use it uh, to get out the vote and communicate directly with voters. Uh, Who else do we have? We have uh, Brian Ritchie, who's going to come and speak on how to defeat incumbents and share some of his story of how he was able to do that. And if I left somebody out, I apologize. I don't have them in my notes. And we will also be. Uh, having probably one more surprise speaker, hopefully, on the topic of direct mail. So if you do plan on running for office in Tennessee or serving on a campaign for a candidate you love, or if you're an organizational leader and you're like, we're not very good at getting people elected, I would strongly recommend that you attend this and that you buy your tickets quickly and do not complain to me if we run out of seats. I'm telling you to do it now. Go to conservativecandidatesacademy.com. Again, that's conservativecandidatesacademy.com. Now, before they are sold out, this is a paid message sponsored by the Conservative Candidates Academy. All right, next story. (laughs) As special sessions loom, the Nashville Police Department will not be requesting the $5 million set aside for SROs in public schools. This is one of those finger-in-the-eye moves by the Democrat-controlled Nashville government. Okay, I mean, this happened right in their backyard. Amazing. Reports this past week have conveyed that the Metro Nashville Police Department will not be requesting the $5.25 million for the 66 elementary schools in the district, citing a lack of resources. (laughs) We can't take your money because we ain't got the resources. Officials inside the department have never created SRO positions specifically for elementary school campuses, uh, and there is no current future plans for that to change. Make them soft targets, right? However, the police department is growing its ranks, according to Chief John Drake, who said that there is a very good chance they'll reach full staffing capacity at the rate of growth they are currently experiencing. With so much growth occurring in Nashville, uh, why are those new resources not being allocated to the schools where some of the most vulnerable citizens spend their time? That is a good question. One excuse is that a continuation of funding for the SRO positions have not been allocated in any budget, thereby leaving questions on how those services would be provided after the initial grants run out. Since when... (laughs) Has Nashville government ever failed to take uh, a grant because they were worried about what they would have to do to service whatever they were doing tomorrow? And I ain't seen it happen very often. They are swimming in debt. They are financially mismanaged. I mean, they take a grant. And you throw a grant on the ground for anything, and they'll pick that thing up and start using it, regardless of the long-term implications. But only for this because it is it is it is tainted with uh, conservatism, right? Additionally elected and appointed officials in Nashville are seemingly influenced by their politics as evidenced by some recent comments from the school board members several members of the Nashville school board which is one of the the biggest failures in the state i mean i think Nashville and Memphis go back and forth for who fails the most kids uh, the most epically it is a contest it is you know they're fighting for for number for number last <laughs> they're fighting for that 95th and 94th position all the time and failing more kids in education. So they definitely, the the leadership there is top-notch, top-notch. Several members of the school board and the district director, Adrian Battle, have openly expressed their discomfort at having an armed SRO at elementary campuses, citing concerns of an increase in incidences of having armed police on the same physical preference as young children. How many incidences? I don't hear about this very often. I don't hear about it. The agency has mentioned that they may take advantage of the special session to ask for an amendment in the language that would create room for them to use the money to just do the way the things they always have. That sounds like a great idea. All right, next story. Man arrested at Franklin Pride Parade for criminal trespass on public property prompted by event organiza- organizers. Last month at Harlansdale Park, A public park in Franklin, Tennessee. Local organizers hosted Franklin Pride, an event that was narrowly approved to take place by the city of Franklin, uh, by the mayor and aldermen. The organizers insisted that the event would be welcoming and all-inclusive to the the public, no matter who you are. The left always tells you exactly what they won't do. (laughs) That's what I love. The left will always say, We love democracy, but we have to ban elections. They will say... Come as you are, and then what they really mean is, unless you're a Christian or a conservative, uh, it's just amazing. It, it is so funny. Uh, however, it appears that the organizer's all-inclusive stance does not apply to Christians who openly express their faith, and it seems the Franklin Police Department agrees with them. Joseph Cochini. I'm going to call it Cochini. I can't pronounce this. Cochini, who attended the event along with his daughter, was arrested after he had been allowed to enter uh, he had been walking around the festival, chatting with vendors, and even purchasing some goods from them. He was wearing a t-shirt that said, Jesus changed my life, ask me how. It was in full view when he was allowed to enter the festival. As he made his way around the festival, he uh, said he was very careful to abide by the rules. They were posted at the entrance, which was not to disturb the peace or create any scenes. When he was speaking with a woman at the booth for a Methodist church in the area, he was pulled away by Franklin police and asked to leave. Cochini questioned the officers about why he was being asked to leave. The officer said, the event coordinator has asked that you leave, and this is private property. I don't know that it is private property. Mr. Cochini questioned the assertion. The, the officer responds that because they rented the space, it made it private property. I love it when police pretend they're lawyers. It's always fantastic. Cochini explained that according to Mayor Ken Moore, the space is not private, but public, and the public had a right to be there, especially when organizers of the event said they were all welcome. The police then opted to arrest him for criminal trespass because he was unwilling to leave the public festival. Cochini is going to be subject to a criminal trial uh, in which Tennessee stands his pledge to cover his costs. You should go over there and give some money to defend this guy. Okay. Speaking of giving money, it is something that conservative Christians do not do as well as they should. And if you've got a burden, I can help you alleviate it because we need the help. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. Uh, Catherine uh, spoke, and I'm missing her last name, uh, last night, night before last, at a fantastic event uh, organized by Empowered uh, Severe and Empowered Jefferson at which I was privileged to speak. We had a sold-out house. It was fantastic. And she said something that is stuck in my mind, and I'm going to repeat it to you as a Christian. And it says, finance unto others as you would have them finance to you. And if you really want to change your state, change your country, Change your city, you can't finance the way you're presently doing and expect something to change. You have to change, uh, or put another way, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. And if you've got some spare change laying around, you can send it to P.O. Box 625, Signal Mountain, Tennessee 37377. I take nary a penny, nary a penny. From the Tennessee conservative, I do this for free as a volunteer. And if I can put the thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars into this to keep this thing afloat, and if I can do the thousands of hours a year working on this puppy, I think you can spare a dollar or two. And if you send us any amount of money, we will send you these two bumper stickers. One of them says, if I can double task here, stop feeding the rhinos. Lord, they are fat and bloated enough already. You'll get this proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. Uh, and we will also send you a directory of your elected officials. And if you give $50 or more, or if you give a, uh, a recurring donation of $10 or more, we will send you this Stop Feeding the Rhinos tumbler. That's that. That's going to be awesome. You can carry that around, and people will not know what it really means unless they're hardcore conservatives. You can take that to your uh, conservative events, drink coffee out of it, or take it uh, and set it on the desk of elected officials if you go to meet with them in person, and that will set the tone for the meeting so that they will comply with anything that you request them as long as it is deemed appropriate by the corporate uh, packmasters that fund their campaign. And we will send those things to you. But above all... The number one thing that you will get from donating is a sense that you are actually making a difference. Your money sent to us. Some lady came up to me. Uh, I can't recall who she is. And I met her at the We the People event, which is why I wasn't here last year. I was in West Memphis. I spent about 11 to 12 hours in a car to go speak to people in Memphis. Now, I'm sorry if the lighting is getting a little rough here. We have a thunderstorm rolling in, and I'm in the library here. We've got two big windows, uh, and it looks like it's getting a little dark. It's getting a little dark. It's always darkest before the dawn. So um, if you would, uh, please please enlighten me uh, by sending, sending some support. But this lady walked up to me and she goes, I have been giving to XYZ cause that is some kind of federal, big, huge outfit that does things she really didn't quite understand in Washington, D.C., And I give X a month, but she said, after I've heard you speak and after I think about the fact that I can have more impact in the state, I'm sending it to the Tennessee Conservative News, and I can't recall who you are, and I apologize for forgetting your name. I saw so many people in a short period of time, but if if you have investments right now that you make with things that you don't really know what's happening with it, and you can't see it, feel it, meet the person... Read the stuff. Act on it, I would submit. Please shift your focus to the Tennessee Conservative News. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. Next story. Tennessee Valley Authority's lack of transparency prompts criticism once again. The Tennessee Valley Authority, a large regional government agency, declines to share salary information for any of its staff despite the fact that practically every other government employee's salary is public record. After relocating to East Tennessee from Canada, where his salary was somewhere around $2 million, TVA CEO Jeff Leash made $9.8 million in compensation and bonuses last year. This is certainly not the first time the CEO's salary has been called into question. In fact, Leash was the highest paid federal employee in America back in 2020, and TVA directors voted in 2021 to raise his compensation package, which at the time was already hovering around $7 million. This has all prompted criticism from former President Trump and U.S. Uh, Representative Steve Cohen, among others. However, it seems that in general, TVA does not want to disclose salary information for employees earning more than $500,000 a year. Why would you not want the truth out there? I don't want to disclose how much power I'm using. I have no interest in that. I don't want to disclose it, TVA. I'm going to tell you what I think I used, and I think it's like $5. Is TVA going to let me do that as a consumer, as a taxpayer? Heck no, but they expect you to do it. Quote, Keeping salaries secret opens the doors to potentially inappropriate behavior if an agency is so inclined, wrote uh, Victor Ash in an op-ed for the Knox News. I'm not suggesting TVA does that. I will. You know, typically, every, every, every government organization, and especially federal ones, do that. But complete transparency assures us uh, that it could be exposed if it did happen. Ash stated that he hopes a bipartisan quest to make TVA release the information will occur. He also contacted Senator Marshall Blackburn's office and got a quote from her staff. A quote, Senator Blackburn believes in transparency from federal government, including TVA, stated her staff, The public's opinion of TVA continues to be influenced by the promotion of left-leaning stances and the infamous Christmas blackouts that took place last year. That's funny. They're very private about how much money is being made, but they're very public about indoctrination uh, and the fact that you should celebrate lifestyles that you don't agree with. It's funny. They're so public about controversial issues, yet so private about transparency issues that the public should be uh, allowed to see. It is... Amazing. Next story. Tennessee high school student sues after receiving suspension for posting internet memes. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, FIRE, is representing a Tennessee student who is suing his public high school after receiving a suspension for posting internet memes making fun of his principal for being too serious. (laughs) I already like this kid and I don't even know him. Back in 2022, Tullahoma... High school students, uh, principal and assistant principal, called the 17-year-old rising senior to their office and questioned the student about three memes he had posted on a personal Instagram account. These memes were not posted on school grounds or during school hours and reportedly did not cause any disruption on campus. Quote, The first meme shows Principal Jack Quick holding a box of vegetables with a caption, My brother. I don't know what that means. The second depicts uh, Quick as an anime cat, with cat ears and whiskers wearing a dress. (laughs) The third shows Quick's head superimposed on a hand-drawn cartoon character being hugged by a cartoon bird. This all seems very terrible. Very terrible. You'd never expect a high school student to do such a thing. Under the First Amendment... Uh, public schools are prevented from acting as round-the-clock censors and disciplinarians. Fire attorney uh, Connor Fitzpatrick said, quote, as long as the student posts do not substantially disrupt school, what teens post on social media in their own time is between them and their parents, not the government. However, in this case, principal Jason Quick, really quick. I, you know what I think I'd like to do, Jason, if you're listening to this, or Paula, or anybody else, Jason Quick, he, he's got to really, he's got to really police these memes, Right? Mr. Quick really needs to police these memes. I would like for you to uh, look up uh, his school's academic performance in Tullahoma. How many kids can read at grade level, do math, etc.? I'd just be really curious to see if he is as diligent in his uh, teaching of kids the basics as he is the silencing of free speech. Back to the story. He swiftly awarded the student with a three-day out-of-school suspension in defense of the disciplinary action. Quick and Assistant Principal Derek Crutchfield cited a school policy which prohibits students from posting images on social media which embarrass, discredit, or humiliate a fellow student or a school staff member. The fire has responded uh, with this, a 2021 Supreme Court decision, which held that if a student's off-campus online speech does not cause disruption at school, the school cannot censor it. Quote, Principal Quick suspended a student over playful means, but he can't suspend the First Amendment, said fire attorney Harrison Rosenthal. Good news, people. Good news. It's coming up. It's the Good News segment. I need better special effects and sound effects. I'm sorry. Montgomery County Commission votes to expand First Amendment rights guaranteed in new state law. The Montgomery County Commission voted last Monday night to expand First Amendment rights guaranteed in a new state law That went into effect July 1st, sponsored by Representative Elaine Davis, House Bill 448 was introduced in this year's legislative session after Davis discovered that Tennessee was one of a minority of states that did not have a requirement guaranteeing that the public could make comments at public meetings. Now, law, public chapter 300, requires that governing bodies uh, designate a time for public comment at each meeting. The press secretary For the House Republican Caucus said, which I don't know I would believe anything that came out of whoever this person's mouth is, mainly because of the organization they represent, but nonetheless I will read it. (laughs) This bill requires governing bodies to give members of the public an opportunity to speak on agenda items. It seems a little redundant, but thank you for the quote. The question was debated among Montgomery County Commissioners at last Monday's meeting. Montgomery County Commission uh, meetings had a policy in place already that allowed public comments at all informal County Commission meetings, but no comments were allowed at formal meetings or committee meetings. At these informal meetings, residents could speak on any topic they found relevant. Montgomery County Commissioners were given the opportunity to vote to implement the new law with an amendment to expand the free speech of residents, allowing them to speak on issues unrelated to the agenda. An amendment was proposed that would allow public comment on any issue during any formal or informal county commission meetings while limiting comments to the agenda during any other county meetings. The resolution to implement public chapter 300 with the added amendment was passed by the majority and now Montgomery County residents will enjoy their expanded freedom of speech beyond what the new law dictates. I may move to Montgomery County. I'm just kidding. I'm never moving again. They're going to bury me on this plot of land. It was too hard to get up here. Too hard. All right, guys. That's the news. That's the news that you can use. I wish I had more rhymes. That's the news that you can use. So, let me give you a recap. I probably should have done this at the beginning of the show of where I have been and why I was absent yesterday. So, I am on the Let's Go Brandon tour. And I uh, have not been to, up until last week, uh, West Memphis. But Be- Why? Because it's... It's two solid days of me missing work. That is why it is just too far. It is a long way out there. But I received a welcome, welcome reception uh, from fantastic people uh, Kevin, Londa, Alexis, uh, Doris, I believe. Uh, met some really nice people. Those are names that just spring to mind. And uh, fantastic folks that I got to hang out with. Also, got to see uh, someone I had not seen for years and years. Uh, hold on one second. My my mind will Ed Bryant. I got to see Ed Bryant um, as well there. Uh, someone that I that I saw in a former uh, capacity of running political campaigns and working on political campaigns, and it was just fantastic. And I had never been to West Memphis, uh, the the Memphis area. I don't think before. I, mean, I think I might have been to uh, to uh, Elvis's childhood home. I don't know that I've ever even made it to Graceland. I uh, have been on Bill Street, Deal Street, Bill Street a few times, so that was a great trip. And then night before last, I was at this just wonderful event. Uh, Empower Severe, Empower Knox. Uh, I'm now I know those people a lot more people there. Just simply for whatever reason, I don't know if they're more active uh, or or what. Uh, David Seal was there, fantastic. Uh, uh, Kelly, thank you for organizing that event. It was so well done. Uh, There are tons of people that I saw that I'm afraid I will forget. As I stand here, uh, Frank Nicely, uh, one of our more conservative senators, was there, along with Bud Holsey, one of our more conservative representatives. But it was an interesting conversation. And, you know, everybody in the room basically has this same question. We are in a red state. Why does it act so blue? We are in a red state. Why can't we do anything on fundamental issues like illegal immigration, school choice, election integrity, why, why, why is our governor trying to take away our gun rights or use uh, mental health as a backdoor to do the same thing? Why, why, why? And the answer is, that kind of emerged from that, is that we have to uh, essentially attack the Republican Party from the right. We have to attack the Republican Party continually and constantly from, this is very controversial, very controversial, hold on, the Republican platform yes we have to attack them uh, for the fact that they do not uh, they do not adhere to their campaign promises and they do not push the Republican Party platform instead they push uh, the pack welfare uh, pack welfare rather platform as it comes down from corporations so that was just great I enjoyed it um, got to see my good friend uh, Gary I got to meet Catherine uh, who was the assistant secretary of HUD under Bush very uh, informed lady that talked about uh, digital currency and the the negative impacts that it can have and controlling digital currency, even though our state government just pushed it in the last session despite conservative pushback. And so we just have to do that, and then we have to field candidates. We've got to field candidates uh, as well, and do go to conservativecandidatesacademy.com. I'll plug that again for that organization uh, as a sponsor. Uh, We need you to be there uh if you are a grassroots leader if you think you might run for office in the future if you're going to run soon don't delay book those tickets and don't don't hang me out to dry either we need to fill that room and equip people just the way the left is equipping people all over the state and if you are an organizational leader and you want your organization to have a table there to support this and to meet candidates and to uh to experience the content uh please do and we are going to be recording that puppy so should you wish to have the content, uh, you'll have it, and I will be sending uh, or giving signed copies of my book, How to Raise Money for Political Office, to anyone who attends, along with a comprehensive workbook, and I'm sure that there will be lots of other goodies given by other speakers and perhaps table vendors. So that's that. That's where I've been. That's what I've been up to. So what am I doing right now, and what am I doing this weekend? I know this is why everybody tunes in. This is the, the People usually just fast-forward to this part, and I don't blame like, so, tomorrow is Friday. Uh, I have got to go down to my office. I got to see Jennifer, my assistant, who is in town, uh, thank goodness, from Kansas, who is helping me uh, get some mail out and do a bunch of other things. I believe that I may have uh, an offer on my office. So, I've been hit blindsided with the fact that I may have to. Uh, oh, it's been the year, a couple years of change, 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 move out of an old house, move into a new house, move out of your office. I'm a, I'm a turtle. I like to get in my shell and stay in the shell, and changing shells is, is awful. I don't want to be shellfish. Oh, that's a good one. But it is just painful. And so I'm going to be uh, working on that uh, Friday night. I've got to come over here and get some things ready because we are having a couple of families over uh, that we go to church with and that we know from our Christian school. And we're just going to have a, a good old uh, dinner party. People used to do that a lot. I like social media a little bit, but I primarily like to see people face-to-face and spend time with them. That's how you get to know people, really, and their children. And so we're going to do that. And on Saturday, I'm going to go to the Mountain Opry to listen to some bluegrass music, and I'm going to catch up on work. And I have got some choreing to do. I've got to move... Eh, I don't know. Probably somewhere around a ton of pea gravel manually. Uh, that will be backbreaking work. <laughs> But I'm going to get out in the yard, and I'm going to move some really thick pea gravel from parts of the driveway and move it into some flower beds and some other places, and I like that kind of mindless work. Break a sweat, get out in the sun, uh, make your yard look a little better. I like to work outside. I could be outside morning, noon, and night. Sometimes I wish I could find a way to make a living uh, outside instead of inside because I, I spend all my time working inside because that's how I make my money, but then I always really want to be outside. And those are the things that are going on. At Casa de Lewis, our, our beautiful daughter uh, last week uh, was at a Christian camp that she really enjoyed. And while she was away, I missed her terribly. I do not like having my children away. I like to see them. I like to hang out with them and spend time with them. Uh, they are my little buddies. Oh, tonight, tonight, Uncle Brandon is taking Andy out, uh, who is kind of like my godniece. Uh, for her birthday. I told her that Uncle Brandon would take her out, this is my birthday present to her, to any restaurant of her choice. And so she has chosen a restaurant, so I must uh, very quickly, very quickly uh, work out after I have my 4 o'clock platinum onboarding call, and then I'm going to ride over and pick little Andy up, and I'm going to take Sylvia and Ruby with me, and we're going to go out to dinner. So it's going to be fun. I will have uh, three uh, lovely, darling little girls uh, that I'll get to go on a dinner date with, and I'm excited about that. So that's what's going on in my life, surrounded by women. That's, you know, I grew up and, and lived in a fraternity house and lived with my father uh, from 7th to 12th grade, and I've always had male roommates. And then all of a sudden, here I find myself heading heading uh, into adulthood, and it's just it's just me and a bunch of ladies. I don't know how this has happened. Uh, I don't know why, but, but I, I am, I'm learning. I'm learning many things, many things, uh, mainly about how to work outside all day you got to be careful. you got to be careful living in a house full of women. They're dangerous. <laughs> all right, guys. I love you very much. Uh, please do uh, leave us a five-star review. Share this wherever you can get it. If you don't get our e-newsletter, as many people don't, it drives me crazy. They listen to the podcast, don't get the e-newsletter, vice versa. Uh, we need uh, to be able to reach you any and all ways because you never know when they will shut us down. It is interesting now that I thought that I was finished Uh, watched a little bit of uh, testimony about that Louisiana case that essentially says, what we've all known, which is so hilarious, it's how it always works, that the government and social media outlets collude to basically turn the truth off. Anything that's critical of what's going on, regardless of the truth or uh, the merit or the benefit to the populace, they shut it down in coordination. And it's almost always exclusively conservative Christian individual liberty views it ain't ever the far left wacko stuff and so i watched uh quite a bit of that and it just uh, constantly reminds me that we need to reach you by any way and if you donate even if you give like five bucks at least i have your mailing address and i'm sure one day the u.s government will prevent the mailing of conservative content uh one day it's coming down the road but for now even if all the technology gets shut shut off i might have to mail you a snail mail letter so that's one good way for us to get your address is if you give us a small donation, go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support or just mail us your address to P.O. Box 625, Signal Mountain, Tennessee, 37377. All right, guys, that's all I got. I'm sorry that I was uh, out of pocket last week, but here I am. Here I am doing my duty, uh, and it is a duty that I love to do and help me do it better by joining the fight. Brandon Lewis here with the TenCon Big 7 Weekend Update. I'll see you next week. Keep fighting, guys.